Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scriptural readings for today. Our readings for today are from the first Sunday of Advent. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. You, Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer, you are named forever. Why do you let us wander, O Lord, from your ways and harden our hearts so that we fear you not? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down with the mountains quaking before you, while you wrought awesome deeds we could not hope for, such as they had not heard of from of old. No ear has ever heard, no eye has ever seen any God but you doing such deeds for those who wait for him. Would that you might meet us doing right, that we were mindful of you in our ways. Behold, you are angry, and we are sinful. All of us have become like unclean people. All our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves, and our guilt carries us away like the wind. There is none who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to cling to you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have delivered us up to our guilt. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. O shepherd of Israel, hearken. From your throne upon the cherubim, shine forth. Rouse your power, and come to save us. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. May your help be with the man of your right hand, with the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life, and we will call upon your name. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus, that in him you were enriched in every way, with all discourse and all knowledge, as the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you await the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you firm to the end, irreproachable on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, and by him you were called to fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all. Watch. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last September, Britton Covey arrived at Lincoln Financial Field for what promised to be an exciting night 
with the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Minnesota Vikings on national television. And he had a front row seat, literally, like a seat on the sidelines. Covey, signed to the team's active roster earlier in the day, was scheduled to play in his first NFL game. There was an issue, though. He didn't have the proper parking pass for the player's lot, and the security guards didn't believe he was a player. Little wonder. Covey is 5 feet 8 inches tall and weighs 170 pounds soaking wet. Even I would have a fighting chance with him in an arm wrestling match. So Covey had to ask directions from some tailgaters to get to the closest fan parking lot, from which he had to walk a quarter mile to get into the stadium but at least the pass he had saved him from the $45 parking fee. Covey took it in stride, though. In high school, he was told he was too small to play football. By his junior year, he was the starting quarterback. In college, he was told he was too small to play football. He became the University of Utah's best punt returner in history and helped lead his team to the Rose Bowl. The NFL, not even the security cards believed in him. But Covey, a devout Mormon, knows that God does believe in him. So he just keeps working hard and trusts that God will bless his efforts in some way, whether in football or somewhere else, because, as St. Paul says, God is faithful. It is God's faithfulness that the Jewish people call upon today in today's reading from the prophet Isaiah. After generations in exile, the Persian king Cyrus allows the people to return to their land, now in ruins. They realize that their own unfaithfulness can't justify asking the Lord God for anything, but they appeal to his divine fatherhood demonstrated in the mere fact that after all that they have suffered, he offers them yet another opportunity to return his love. Isaiah says, Behold, you are angry and we are sinful. All of us have become like unclean people. All of our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves and our guilt carries us away like the wind. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are the work of your hands. In humility, though, the people know there is potential for something good, even amidst their polluted rags. When, when they say, would that you might meet us doing right, that we were mindful of you in our ways. Despite the destruction they have brought upon themselves, they know that God's call is irrevocable because God is faithful. The verses of the psalm continue the same prayer using two images familiar to us. We hear, once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see, Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. The psalmist speaks of Israel as a vine, tended by the Lord God, who is the vine dresser. Their nation is the chosen Son of Man, whom the Lord has made strong, but who has turned away. Jesus is the Father's answer to their prayer, but in an unexpected way. Jesus most frequently refers to himself as the Son of Man. And in John's Gospel, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. The second person of the Trinity takes on our identity and perfects it, so that the Father will truly meet us doing right in perfectly fulfilling the Father's will, because without him we can do nothing. But God is faithful. Paul writes with great confidence about God's faithfulness in the introduction to his first letter to the Corinthians. Paul greets this young Christian community with words of praise. His encouragement comes not from the exemplary conduct of the Corinthians. In fact, the purpose of Paul's letter is to correct some very uh, concerning problems among them, of which he has become aware. Nonetheless, he says, You are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you firm to the end, irreproachable, 
on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is so certain of this because he knows from his own encounter with the risen Christ, despite his own murderous past, that God is faithful in keeping his promises to his people. And so today, as we begin this new liturgical year, Jesus reminds us in today's gospel, be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. In exile, from the fullness of the kingdom, we're disoriented with the wounds of our world and ashamed of our own personal failings. And yet we watch with expectation for the Lord's coming. But not just as a tiny child two millennia ago or someday at the end of time. He is the vine and we are the branches today. He is the son of man who makes us strong, takes away our sin and transforms our lives today. Our loving father, the potter who molds us like clay, is redeeming our world today. But to receive him, we have to be prepared to welcome him today. Britton Covey's confidence comes in part, no doubt, from his famous grandfather, Stephen R. Covey, the late organizational guru, whose most famous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, has been read by millions of business students, including me. Included in Covey's advice is the iconic statement, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's especially true for us as disciples of Jesus Christ. As an Advent people, we are confident and joyful, open and expecting today to be instruments of God's grace. Because God is faithful. That's the one thing, perhaps the only thing, that we know for sure. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great Advent, and say a prayer for me. Thank you.